Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus this is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the Radio.com app. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Sunday Skate, I'll give it a B, B plus. On WEEI. Holy, this is a big time show. It is a big time show. Here we go, Skate Pod into the month of February and just days away from the launch of the radio arm of the Skate Podcast. That would be Sunday Skate, which started it all uh, back in the day with DJ Bean, our forefather, but we'll be on 8 to 9 a.m. coming up this Sunday on 93.7 FM in Boston. Matt, looking and forward every, to it. And every Sunday until the mm-hmm. Bruins lose or whatever, I guess. Correct. And uh, Matt, of course, uh, Pete Blackburn will be on with us every Sunday. But for now, we are presented by Red River Technology. We appreciate them, the proud sponsors of the Skate Pod. And coming up on the show, we're going to get inside the Rangers dressing room, to use a <laughs> hockey cliche that I probably shouldn't have used. But anyway, uh, a guy who covers Chris Kreider, the top, would you say unquestionably the top target on the free agent market this year's Warpstone? The top rental that we know would be traded, yeah, for sure. Top re- good I don't, point. I don't good think, point. I don't think the uh, Capitals are trading Braden Hopey or the Bruins are trading Tory Krug or, you know, there's a few other guys. And, oh, of course, the Blues and Pietrangelo, right? So I don't think those guys are being moved. So that's why I always try to, like, classify. Kreider is the top rental that could be traded. <laughs> and, and rental's important because there are guys with more term, uh, like, right. like Charlie Coyle, who could go, which which could be bigger deals. Uh, Brett Sergalis of the New York Post will join us coming up in a bit. We'll talk about Kreider. Uh, first of all, though, 
The bees are smoking four in a row and showing some balls, showing oh some toughness. Oh my god! Hey, I, I tweeted. I tweeted after that uh, or during that Winnipeg game or the Vancouver game that uh, Tuukka Rask is never going to get breathed on without somebody responding. Now Charlie McAvoy dropping the gloves and going after Jay Beagle. And I think it's funny that uh, that's twice Charlie McAvoy dropped the gloves in in three games and he didn't. He hasn't gotten a, a fighting penalty yet because they never seem to want to fight with Charlie McAvoy. Maybe they know a scouting report on him or something. And Sean Corrali, who got benched in Minnesota, had a little toughness, five hits in the game, and yeah. uh, you know showed some spark. I mean, this on, is on this the is the, this is the type of thing that. Uh, Maybe Bruce Cassidy earns some uh, some some leverage or some some momentum here that he can do these things where he benches Danton Heinen, he benches Sean Corrali, we've seen a bench Grizzlick. Um, now the Heinen benching, can we start there? Because I, I I am uh, I'm baffled about by this. I I actually yeah. didn't even see this coming. Like uh, I think I think so, he, so it's this what's is, happening He's without like, him saying this. I think he thinks he needs more bite in the lineup no matter what at this point. And that Heinen just doesn't give him that, that. That he has enough skill going. But this is a long term benching now. This is uh, this well, is like games. he's done on Heinen. It feels like yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back in there at some point. But is Coleman ahead of him? Bjork and well, Coleman ahead of him ahead for of what he brings. I mean, he loves Coleman and bleed and guys who can sit on the bench for a while and then get in there if there's a lot of special teams. He loves guys that are just you know straight line four checkers, guys that are going to you know muck it up a little bit, and you know, we know Danton Heinen is not going to be that. Now, by the same token, I always consider Danton Heinen one of Bruce Cassidy's three hockey sons. You know, it's it's right, Heinen, Heinen, Corrali, Grizzlick. So not lately, uh, but he's really uh, cracking the whip on these guys, and so maybe you know it, there's there's two there's two parts here. Hey, hey, this is how you have to handle. You know, these guys aren't rookies anymore, right? So it's not the whole oh he's benching a young guy anymore. These are guys that should know better, should know how to play the game better, and, and know how to at least bring their B game, like he always says, rather than if they don't have their A. And it's also, you know, he's feeling some heat, Bruce Cassidy, right? I mean, you don't, it's a team, every time the team slags, he gets a little bit of heat, and he wants to keep uh, keep things up. You know, it's not the winning or losing, it's the way they win or lose, right? So when they're when they're kind of sleepwalking through games and not uh, defending Tuka Rask like they did before the break, that's when uh, it looks bad. If you're, As long as they're giving uh, the top effort and, and playing hard and being hard on the puck and tough to play against, that's uh, that's all he needs to say. So it's not it's not a game. It's not a gimmick. They're not showcasing somebody. I mean, because there's been a lot of line the, the jumping. Whole, this whole showcase casing. I mean, I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but it's it's 2020 <laughs> and people scout. There's two scouts. If you, well, you if have you, to play to be scouted, though. Yeah. Man. Well, Danton Hyden has how many games in the National Hockey League by now? I think everyone knows who he is. Well, that's what I'm saying. They know. But there's they, video he's scouting. A known commodity. So what, what he is, wouldn't well, be the who guy. Would they, who would he, they be? Bleed. Bjork. Bjork, I don't know. I don't know if they're these aren't guys that they're parting with though. Either, Coleman, I right? mean, well, if they trade for a winger, if they trade for somebody at the deadline, but then maybe not, you move them. Maybe, maybe if they're like you, you would think. I don't think they're trading Carson Coleman either. I mean, he's the kind of guy that they, you know, he could easily go to the go to Providence without waivers at this point. So he'd be a guy that you would just have to, you know. And plus, like I said, Bruce likes the fact that he can sit out and come back in. So he's a guy that could be your thirteenth forward, even being a second year pro. But. um they're not really showcasing anyone at this point. Uh, it's I just say, internal movement, internal competition. Yeah, exactly. I mean, That's what they want to do. I mean, and see how far they can go with this until February 24th. I mean, if, if the more the more points they can rack up between now and then, the less pressure there is on Don. So we need to get something done sooner, and they can see how the prices go and see who's who's still available. You never know. Guys might shake free that are on te- on bubble teams. Some teams might, might give up on some guys. So when the trade deadline passes and they acquire Target X. Yeah. Let's, let's say it's Kreider or somebody else. What are the lines in their head? What's their plan? 
We know they're going to keep, for the most part, the top line together. Yeah, the top line stays together. But and is, then, it, is it Krejci and Coleman well, and, that's and another, a left wing to be determined? That might be the case, yeah, because I think DeBrusque and Coyle and Bjork might be a, an actual line that they liked, right? I mean, it, it, there's no reason to dislike it, and uh, it'll just depend. Although people say, you know, I, this has been written. I haven't heard Bjork say this. Is he more comfortable on the left side? Is he's that, definitely more comfortable on the right side now. I mean, I think he's. I think he's. I, th- I was fine. thinking this last night. He's pretty much a permanent right winger because no matter who they put on the line with him, whether it's Nordstrom or Corrali or or DeBrusque, it's always him on the right, and he's always been better on the right. Um, you know, if if it's let's say it's Chris Kreider instead of Brandeck. Let's say they did get Chris Kreider, okay. and they didn't touch the roster. Let's say it's you know Trent Frederick and a first for mm-hmm. Kreider, okay. to, just to make an argument. Um, Kreider might fit better with Coyle because of the That'd way he protects amazing. the puck. Can you imagine Krejci? Like you, sorry, Listen, sons of bitches. Well, this is this is it happened last year with Johansson. The more you see Charlie Coyle play, and the more you see him play with guys like DeBrusque and Bjork, you see that he is the number two center, and. That could be as soon as next year if they decide this summer that. Well, Dupes was re- talking about tra- the, the Krejci trade again. Well, they're not trading him now. I mean, th- that, the uh, the idea that well, Dupes also thinks Tori Cruz getting nine million dollars, <laughs> and I don't know why he's getting nine million dollars from who, when there's only three Detroit. defensemen in the whole National Hockey League who make nine more nine or more, and one of them is PK Subban, who's like you know the the, the tale that, that tells you everything about what you want to pay guys in their thirties, right? But yeah, they're gonna have to bridge that, you know. Th- Consider that in the offseason for sure when he's going into the last year of his deal and they have Coyle and they have Stanika, who they clearly think is closer than, than we thought maybe at the beginning of the year. There's, there's not going to be much room, and that's probably going to be the easiest way to get some cap relief is, is to trade him in, in some way or way, shape, or form. He's not going now. But nonetheless, there's no reason why, and this, is just, this isn't like you know team propaganda. It's the truth. If you have two basically second lines playing second and third minutes, and we know the Krejci line is always going to be protected as far as more offensive zone starts and less you know less taxing defensive assignments there's no problem with that i mean if it may, that would make david Krejci an even better player and a, and a more dangerous player in the playoffs if you're doing that he and is, what an abused puppy I mean, and as long as coyle and debrusque looked so good together that might be the new pair and maybe like you said it's Krejci and coleman and you know if, if bjork happens to be the guy i mean if it's the brusque coyle and Kreider, well there's a line i could say might be holding the cup in June, right? You so can't. that it's Bjork, Krejci, because as, 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 as strong as Bjork has looked, he's still not finishing, right? He's not yeah. piling up the goals here. He's playing well. He's using his speed. He's not. He's playing a, a decent two hundred foot game, but we're still not seeing this like finish from him the way you see it from DeBrusque in the streaks that he's hot. That's the problem with the trade deadline. Even if you get a guy like. Um, uh, to Foley, uh, or, you know, he's not a finisher of an elite level either. I don't think there's such so much of a separation there. Yeah, Kreider is to a certain extent, but he's not. Uh, I think because Kreider also brings that element, the physical element yeah, that, right. that they could use. I mean, it's, and it'd be more consistent. And you don't want Charlie McAvoy jumping on uh, on guys. And although yeah. you don't want Kreider necessarily doing that either, but you need to just have some guys out there that be the intimidation factor of I'll be less likely to elbow your goalie. If I know that somebody out there is going to crash into my goal, it might you know the the response from Kreider if he's on the team, and this this could also be the response from the Bruins. I've said this before. It doesn't have to be you jump the guy who hits your goalie. You maybe you just hit the other goalie. <laughs> we'll get back to Kreider in a second. Uh, again, our, our special guest this week. We'll talk a lot about him. I want to talk about Lazan. So yeah, let's go to D. What's happening? Well, that's there? another thing. I mean. Does, does this make again in the National Hockey League in 2020? No one makes hockey trades anymore, right? It's all about buyers and sellers. The deadline, draft picks and prospects, blah blah blah. But in 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 a world where there was no tr- salary cap and you and you could uh, 
maneuver more easily? I mean, Matt Grizzlick would be a prime trade candidate at this point because you have his replacement. I mean, Lausanne is not the puck mover, but he has he, he can move the puck. He's got the size and the force to be a real what you'd expect out of a third-pair defenseman at this point. Maybe even at some point a second pair with Carlo, you know, if they mix, depending how they mix things. And that also gives you hope that, and this is what I wrote about Tory Crew the other night. You know, people talking about, oh, he's, how, what's he going to look like at the back half? Well, first off, I always say to fans, why are you worried about four years from now? Oh, my God. Worry about now, right? Well, the back, so, the back is still Stop being so else. analytical. Why are you fans so analytical? I'm, I don't give a crap what's going to happen in four well, no, years. It's, it, it, with you know, a cap a sport, you have to. Okay. You, you, you worry about but it. But nonetheless... If Tory Krug is what he is now for the next two to three years, let's say let's say he gets a six year deal, mm-hmm. seven years even, two two or three years of what he is now, and then the three or four the three or four years where he's just a third pair power play specialist, even if it if it's seven million seven and a half million, and you you're filling in with the with the younger guys around him, and the cap is going to go up. I mean, the, the, it obviously has not gone up as as well as they've wanted it to, but we know with the new TV deal, the new team coming in, it's going to be a, a higher cap. You're going to have more space. It's it's worth it to have Tory Krug, and then that would probably you know make a Mac Rizic expendable. Well, maybe, and and maybe the I don't want to bring up the expansion draft every episode and get yeah. down that wormhole, but also there's just a fear of two guys of that size. There still is, even after that, the success right. of last and, year. And the, you know everyone talks about oh, Tory Krug, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get... Mac Rizic does get hurt now, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean he's just a little more fragile when he's getting hit. I mean, not, not, not to say he's not tough. It's just that he takes a lot of hits and a lot of abuse, and it's just he can't handle it necessarily all the time. And that's another reason why, I mean, it's it's tough that John Moore is your option because we haven't, as opposed to the bleeds and the Coolmans of the world, I mean, John, when John Moore sits out, he doesn't necessarily get back up to speed very quickly, when he's and he's not all that great when he's in there. So, But, again, it, there's no shame, and if you have a good seventh defenseman, and it might even be, uh, you know, a rookie that maybe maybe it is a Vaca Nine or something down the stretch. If you rotate the bottom pair, depending on matchups, Matt Krizlik doesn't have to be an eighty-two game player. He could be a seventy game player, and you you rotate him in and out with with whoever else is out in there, and that's how you preserve guys and also get the most out of them. So, do you find the Brendan Dillon type trade is less likely now that Lazan has proven himself, or is that still very much in the mix? They could they could add a depth piece. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, they I mean, could probably carry eight defensemen. Yeah. If they, well, like, you know, again, we're, we're, we're always, we're always we, we so early talk about the cap, but yeah. clearly yeah. Uh, there has to be some sort of you know reckoning as far as that's concerned. We don't know exactly. It's always hard to determine exactly how much space they have and to, and, and to fit pieces yeah. in. But um, for this year's cap, and, and with, knowing that they're probably facing an overage for next year between Char's uh, bonuses and, and some of the other entry-level bonuses and things like that, so... It's going to be hard, and you know, again, moving that back is contract is not going to be easy in season. I mean, who's going to? People keep talking about, oh, you know, Anaheim says they're going to, they have space to offload some salary, but yeah, but they're asking for like a, a bounty to take something like that. I heard that. Don Sweeney say that David Backus is looking for an opportunity. He to play. is, and I don't know what that opportunity is. I wonder if it's in coaching. I wonder <laughs> if it's. I don't Ouch. know. Ouch. Did he ask for a trade? Did David ask yeah. for a trade? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, obviously he would like a different opportunity if it's not going to be here. His primary focus would be to, to reestablish himself here. I don't know what it is because I, I really feel bad because the guy's a really super-duper guy. Everyone says it. We all know it. We all like him, and whether he watches a lot of Fox News or not, I can forgive him. <laughs> but, uh, David, do you watch your, did you watch your shifts this year? 
Well, not only that, just I the mean, health, the denial of the health. The, the denial of the health. You know what? Uh, that's his. That's his business. I. You're right. I'm totally. I don't care about this. I mean, you know, if these if these players just had pensions, it really wouldn't even matter because they could take care of themselves and they're over. The, I think the, the the biggest shame is not the the hit, head hits in the game. It's the, what happens to these players when they leave the game and whether they're getting the right support. And we know the NHL does not uh, provide that. And I think, but they all know they're taking the risk at this point. And I think. So that's that's up to him and his wife and whatever. My my issue is the play, and it's just like what, where do you fit in on a National Hockey League team in 2020? The way the game is played, it's just there's no place for you. By the way, just quick aside, you work for NHL.com, and you write the recaps. 82 nights a year. Is yeah. it frustrating to you that they they scrub any physicality oh, of out of all, not just the print, well, but, the thing but, is, but the video? Like you can't you watch the Winnipeg game back, the condensed game. You get no well, sense of what, what actually what happened. What bigger in news in hockey on Saturday was there than the goalie fight? Well, the goalie fight. <laughs> was that not even in the, the Battle no. of Alberta? Well, that's, that is amazing. It's the weird hypocrisy of it all is that we can't write about fighting or physical, like big hits, injury hits, um, and they won't show, put any of that on their website. But then NHL Network, their their bumper, their tease to their big show is the goalie fight. So like, I don't know what they're trying to prove, but. Well, it good for to, the NHL it, network. It should be. It probably, has to, do, that's, it probably that's, has to do with litigation or something. Who knows? Yes, but it, it, it yeah. is amazing. I mean, <laughs> anyway, um, so that's Bacchus. But they're not going to trade Bacchus, right? I mean, they're not going to do a David Price-like deal. They're, they're, they're not going to be able to do it now, I don't now, think, because right? they'd have to really – I mean, people keep thinking, like, you know, the, the Elliot Friedman, uh, Jeff Merrick line is always, they're not throwing you life preservers, they're throwing you anchors. I mean, teams know. Why would anyone want to help the Bruins right now? Why would they say, "Oh yeah, we'll take your David Backus and give us, you know, even to just give us one prospect"? No, we're gonna, we want a prospect. We want a pick. We want cat. You know, we want you to pick up half the salary. It's not it, the, the, the probable. There's one of two most likely endings for this. It's the termination, like Bufflin's getting now, like we've seen Kovalchuk have. Although it seems like Backus doesn't want to give up any any money at this point at all to like do that. But or it's the buyout in the summer, and the buyout isn't pretty in the first year, but it is what it is, and it gets you one step closer to ending this. Chris Kreider is a 28-year-old left wing, left shot from Boxford, Mass. He is the mayor of Boxford. That will be his tag if he's even when he's traded. Boston College guy, of course, and uh, making four million this year. Six three two seventeen. Fifty games of work this year. He's right now out with the, the head issue. We'll talk to Brett Sergalis. Well, we don't know about if it's a head. We know it's well, upper, yeah. body. upper body. It might. It could have been a shoulder, although I don't really see that happening. That, that he's got 18 goals. He's on pace for about 50 points. He is a. This will be his fifth year in the league with 20 goals. So he's a 20 goal guy, proven seventh year in the league. Has played in 77 playoff games as well, and uh, it's been a while though. 2017. So he's probably hungry to get back for sure. Uh, before we bring Brett on to talk about, I mean, do you think the Bruins are are in? Do you get a sense they're really in on Chris Kreider? I mean, obviously several teams are. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that several teams are. I mean, like I said, I was telling you before we started recording that I didn't see any Rangers people. Actually, I haven't seen a lot of – I haven't seen the Rangers person in a couple of games now in Boston, so um, take that what you want. You know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the uh, business of, like, taking pictures of the list of scouts, you know, especially when people don't even look to see if the scouts are actually in their seats. You know, there's certain scouts that always have a seat available, yeah, but, yeah. you know. But uh, I will say that, you know uh, – there were higher management types from Dallas and Buffalo at the game last night. Ooh, Buffalo, because, uh, man, somebody threw out the possibility of Johansson coming back, and I love that <laughs> as a possibility. Well, the problem it, with him is a, he has term. and Not only kinda, one more year, right? Yeah, but it kind of does handicap you when you're trying to get all these other guys done. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought about Johansson 
months ago. Why wouldn't they? Now, maybe the Sabres wouldn't, uh, speaking of the anchor line. I don't know. I but think the Sabres can, should do whatever they can to just dump everybody again. Might as well start again. You're, you're, you're obviously not going the right right direction at this point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so. So who would you rather have, Johansson or Kreider? I'd rather have Kreider. But the prices but might the be price, cheaper for Johansson. It, but actually, nah, they make about the same. The term, they're probably about the same. I mean. But Johansson signed for another year. So, yeah. Exactly. Right, and and it's hard yeah. to, uh, you know, but um, where are we going with oh, Anyway, so, back to Kreider. So the, the the scouting of him. And, yeah, I mean, obviously the Bruins are going to be in on him. Clearly it's a guy that I'm sure Cam Neely especially would love to have. Um, and as when we talk about defending the goalie, this guy loves to crash the goalie. And I think his favorite goalie to crash is Carey Price, right? So he, he, he'd dear himself even more. The only problem is, you know, you got three BU guys on this team and you're going to add a BC guy. That might, you know, spoil the waters. Brett Sergalis of the New York Post has covered Kreider for his uh, entire NHL career. Here's what he uh, has to say about him. And uh, we started talking about um, whether, indeed, uh, there have been multiple suitors. Oh, well, there's there's a handful of teams. It's hard to put your finger on exactly how many, but upwards of five or six or seven, you know, have called and at least inquired uh, on his availability and what and what the return might be. So, you know, all the reports out there that he's the best available rental on the market are true because you look around and there's really not that many options. So the Rangers kind of uh, have some leverage here on the market. And they're sellers for sure, there's no doubt? Well, no. No, that's not necessarily true. It kind of depends on on what comes back. I mean, at at this point, uh, Kreider's camp and the Rangers really haven't had any substantial discussions on a contract extension, uh, which doesn't mean they won't between now and and the trade deadline. Um, but they have to do their due diligence and listen to what the offers might be, and that might stop negotiations from ever starting um, because it depends. You know, if they get a great return, uh, they might it might not be worth it. And you know, the Rangers have a bit of a cap issue, and they have a lot of free agents and unrestricted free agents they have to think about going forward. Um, so, you know, that's what they have to do. They have to balance, you know, how much is he, is he worth, you know, a market contract of, you know, six years, seven million, something along those lines, and can they fit it? And, and you know, they would have to do some creative math to get him to fit. So that's kind of why it's, it's, it behooves them to look at the market and decide what's out there before they really get in and just give him a contract. So, so two questions I just have. And the first one is, um, how much of a priority do you think Kreider is to the Rangers among all those RFAs and UFAs that they do have coming up and have to take care of? And I guess along along the same lines, um, is he? They haven't negotiated necessarily with him. Uh, is, is that unique, or is that they haven't really negotiated with any of these guys? Yeah, they haven't really had a lot of substantial talks with any of them. Um, I mean, they have a couple RFAs, so you know that's not really pressing. Right. Um, Because I mean, you know that whether they have arbitration rights or not, you can get you can probably get something done on a bridge deal. Sure. Um, But uh, so it's not it's not incredibly uh, unique that they haven't talked to Kreider's camp. Maybe it's a little unique that they haven't really talked at all. Um, so normally at this point you'd think you'd have an idea if you could, if salary cap wasn't an issue, right? They would have, they would have had these conversations and then they would have an idea of what the number is and if they think he's worth it. So at this point, like there's just so many moving, moving parts, you know, and the range, so the Rangers are whole, are carrying three goalies too. So maybe they, maybe there's a blockbuster out there to be had, 
maybe there's really nothing to be had, and they're going to wait for the summer to see if they can, you know, move uh, Georgiev, the other goalie, too. Um, so there's just a lot of moving pieces. In terms of priority for, for Kreider, I mean, <clears throat> part, of, part of this equation, too, is they're the youngest team in the league, and he's a veteran guy, mm-hmm. and they really like his presence in the locker room. You know, he goes about it like a pro. He's he's unbelievably fit. He takes care of himself. He cares about the team. He cares about the game. You know, he cares about. He's had he's had some young guys live with him. He they he goes and works out with them up in uh, Connecticut during the summer. Uh, so they do value that too. That is that is part of it. So I mean, you know, in an ideal world, they keep him, but that's not the salary cap NHL. So they have to explore their options. We're talking to Brett Sergalis of the New York Post. Uh, in terms of Kreider's game, he's uh, you know on pace for 28, 30 goals, something like that this year. Where, where's his game right now? How dangerous of a scorer is he? What's been his role with the Rangers? He's gotten a lot better in the last month or so, uh, and he's putting up a lot of points in the last month or so. Um, so as you guys know, too, he had this, this injury scare in Detroit on Saturday where he kind of went down the corner and he caught a knee to the head from Mika Zibanejad. Um he was really slow going to the room, and you know you're you know you're scared of concussion and head and neck injuries. Um, but it turns out that he was he was okay, and he actually took the morning skate on Monday, but uh, they held him back and he didn't play. So they're playing tonight. The uh, the Leafs are in the Garden, so we'll see if he plays tonight. Um, it's, it's probably some sort of game time decision, but um, he's he's played a lot better and. And of all the guys that deal with this contract stuff and and the trade deadline, he is he's not like when, when he says he's not thinking about it. It's not the hockey cliche. Like he, this is really the way the guy lives. Like he doesn't have social media. He doesn't read the papers, which is a shame. But he <laughs> but he doesn't. Uh, and he really doesn't. You know, he doesn't watch Trade Center on TSN. Like he this he's he lives in his own world. Like he goes to the rink. He, you know, and I wrote I wrote this at, at the All Star game too. Is that you know he's like an he's an old soul. Like the guy does crossword puzzles and reads books <laughs> and like likes languages. Wow. You know, he's a, he's different than modern NHL guys. He's not he's not scrolling Twitter you know twenty four seven thinking about you know who went where and and where might he go and what's his market value. Like that doesn't cross his mind. He's a he's focused on hockey and like hanging out with his teammates and like building bonds and. And that's unique in this league too. And and you wonder if that's part of the of the thought process of the Rangers too. You know, do you really want to keep a guy like that? You know, you you do. Like that's that's the kind of guy that you can build a team around. So that that and that's also what makes him attractive on the trade market too. So he he really has started to turn on late. Um, he he's not like, he's not that pure goal scorer that a lot of teams are looking for at this time of year. You know, he's a big body, great net front presence on power play. Um, he can be physical at times. He's, he brings a lot of speed, obviously. So um, this is a good time for him to start playing well, and hopefully this injury doesn't set him back too bad. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the physicality because that, you know our as people who don't watch him regularly, uh, our pictures of Chris Kreider are usually him crashing into goalies and and hitting people in the corners. And so has that has that remained consistent? Is he still that type of guy? And because that's clearly what what you know just in our. For our interest, that's what the Boston Bruins really need is someone that can continue to throw the body around and produce. Yeah, well, you know, Chris, uh, he's not—he's not like goonish fourth liner physical, right. right? So he's more 
He's more you go into the corner and he's going to try to separate you from the puck. He's not going to put your head into the glass. You know, like, and he's not going to fight you. You know, like, those are, it's, so, he when he tries to play physical, he tries to play the right way, right? Which is what these guys, the, the cliche is what they say, you know. But it's just, it's being hard. It's being hard on pucks. It's it's being hard on the opposition. It's it's forechecking hard. It's and and part of being physical for him is being fast too. You know, like he 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 can get there first and and shield off guys or, or separate them from the puck. So you know, it, and th- he plays hard when he's playing well. He's playing fast. Um, David Quinn likes to say, you know, he likes to get his guys to play at a pace, which he does when he's playing well, which really means. Not so much north-south speed, but playing fast, moving the puck, thinking quick. So when Chris is playing well, he's he's very good at that. The uh, Brendan uh, Lemieux trade, the uh, the Kevin Hayes trade. How comparable do you think it'll be uh, in terms of a return, and and how's that worked out? Looking back on uh, on that deal. Well, it it's worked out pretty well because it, it didn't seem like they were going to keep Hayes anyway, and then he signs that monster deal in Philly, so. You know, if they keep Hayes, maybe they don't get Panarin. Maybe the Truba deal doesn't quite work out. You know, so, you know, there's all these moving parts at this time. But I think that is a good template for, for what they're looking for from Chris, for Chris. I mean, a first-rounder and an NHL player, you know. And, and the Rangers have – Lemieux is an interesting character on the team because the Rangers have a lot of really young skill um, up front. And, and they that's the kind of – players they have coming up through the pipeline too so they don't have a lot of guys that kind of fit that third line fourth line kind of role um so Lemieux is a good ad because he's one of those guys he he plays hard he plays with a snarl with an edge and they don't have a lot of that so um he's RFA too so you know it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him and how much they value him um but you know that's that's kind of that's kind of what they're looking for a first Plus something else, they'd probably like to have a condition in there uh, about the, if the team resigns them, how well the team that gets him does. Uh, you know, if they go down that route, so that that is that is a good template. I know that's been battered around in a couple different places, and they, I think that is a good place to start. And have you seen any uh, Bruins uh, execs or, or scouts uh, around the building lately? I mean, obviously the the Boston connection and uh, and the Massachusetts native part of it makes it. All the more uh, of a connection, I guess. But do you sense the Bruins are in on him? Uh, I would think so. Yeah, and you know, I've, but obviously the Bruins are as cap strapped as any team in the league, right? But you know, they have as good a chance to win a Stanley Cup as any team in the league. So, um, how you know? So the Rangers would probably have to retain some salary to even make it work, which I'm sure they would be okay doing. Um, but you know, would they really want to sign him? After that, could they sign him after that? And do you want to give up that much for a guy that's a pure rental, which is becoming kind of a, a trend now in the league where rentals aren't very popular anymore. You know, the guys that are more attractive are guys that almost have one year left on their contract, like the Rangers have Pavel Buchnevich, who is signed for next year, who I feel like might be a little more attractive than people realize out there because they want a little bit of control and a decent contract. But, yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure the Bruins are in on it. And you know, Jeff Gordon the GM used to work up there. Um they've always had a good relationship. They, you know, the Rick Nash deal. Um so, yeah, there's there's definitely a connection. I would they would have to it would have to be a pretty creative deal to get it done, but I I don't think it's impossible. Really good stuff, Brett. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it and uh, maybe we'll talk again soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me.
So there you go. There is uh, Brett Sergatos of the New York Post talking about Chris Kreider. Now, if the deal did go through, uh, of course you know they're going to be after the elite prospects, the Stanikas, yeah. the Beechers, the Vakanians. Do you think they're off the table? Are they untouchable? I would think I would think that they're untouchable because, I mean, you have to keep something in the cupboard. As much as I don't like looking forward to the future, you know, it's not – this isn't baseball where you're getting some single A guy or double A guy. I mean, these guys are, are pretty close, right? I mean, if if you're making a a roster for next season right now, you'd probably put the Nick and Vakanine in in the top nine and in the top six, right? At this yeah. point, so these guys are right around the corner. Beecher, what one more year of college, probably if, if that. You know, I mean, you know, we could talk all the, all day about how much development he does need in college, but that never seems to stop guys from leaving school early once they see the money and once teams say, hey, you know, we'd rather get this guy in, in the AHL. So. Um, those are guys that you probably those are the core guys. You're not trading them for a rental, especially. I mean, I guess you have to consider them if it's if it's a Kyle Palmieri or, or other or some other um, guy with some term where you're getting two years, two playoff runs out of them. Um, so who and, would it be? And maybe which prospect? More. I which... mean, I think I think Stadnik is really the one that's off the table and with Vakanine and close. But but as far as the Rangers, yeah, and, uh, who's the, who's the guy that goes with a first round pick if, to get Kreider? Is it? Uh... It's Frederick. Be- beyond those guys, yeah, I yeah. think Frederick is probably the next on, on the list there. Um, he's the one that's you know producing and does all the different things. Got definitely a, a Rangers kind of guy, a guy that kind of has some Chris Kreider to him, I guess, as far as the toughness. So. And is affordable. Right, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, when you compare it to the Hayes trade like you did, you brought it up with Brett. Um, Brendan Lemieux came in, and he's been a good addition for them, but he's an RFA already, like Brett said. They have a few RFAs. I mean, Tony D'Angelo is below, you know, come out of a cannon here and – He's gonna blow. He's on the verge of blowing up their cap because he's become such a good offensive defenseman. Um, they probably would want to stay away from someone who'd be coming up so soon because they don't want to add another RFA to the mix. So you know, when you have a guy like Anders Bjork or someone like that that's established in the NHL and could be seeing their entry level salary doubled or something, that might, that makes it harder on them. They that's might be they point. might be thinking more about picks. Than even players at this point, because when you're paying 11 plus to, Panarin. and they're pretty deep. They have, you know, remember they they're the ones who sent uh, Anderson his name. They sent him out of town because, uh, or he left because he wasn't getting a shot there. I mean, they have um, some great players at Hartford that are have been filling in for, you know, here and there, and that prospects that um, they have the Kravstov guy just came back from Russia, so um, they might not need someone that's as NHL ready as maybe they got in in Lemieux for Hayes because um, they do have the right pipeline to fill in around these guys. Real quick, uh, Bufflin. Yeah. Any chance? It doesn't sound like he wants to play this year, right? I mean, that's I the guess thing. not, but if he would, wouldn't Boston be a prime spot for him? I mean, how How, cool how much is he going to – well, again, it goes back to the cap space. How much yeah. is he coming back to play for after – he's not Kovalchuk at the end of his career looking for just he's a – not? Uh, he's not? Well, how old is he now? <clears throat> he is 34. Yeah, so, I mean, he probably figures he has a decent – he's not coming back for minimum wage like Kovalchuk, right? Not even for a chance to win. I don't think so. It'll be cool, but we don't know. I mean, we don't even we don't even really know exactly the details of why this whole thing went down, right? I mean, maybe he doesn't really want to play. I mean, I wonder if Winnipeg even knows what's going on with him. I mean, right? Is there, I mean, is he telling them? Is it what? Is there something on behind the scenes we don't know about? It, right. It's weird, but it, it is strange. And I think he had kind of told them he wasn't playing even before he revealed the surgery. Wasn't that the whole conflict of in, there? That right. So. That might be too much for the Bruins to take on at this point, right? Yeah, it's a lot of baggage, but um, and, and I'm it's, not. It's so a sh- name that's interesting to talk about, right? And Joe Thornton is thrown out there quite a bit these days too. <laughs> I think but, we were the first to throw Joe Thornton yeah. out, but we'll never get credit for that. But we yeah, won't. we had we had that on our slideshow in December, I believe. 
All right. Well, we've already lined up Maria in Watertown and our man Fred in New Hampshire for a Sunday skate. So Perfect. That's eight a.m. Um, you got to get in quick. You know, get in yeah. early if you want to call the show. Now, uh, I don't know what the big talker is going to be on Sunday, but either way, probably something about Pete and movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's Oscar night. He'll be reviewing uh, Ford versus Ferrari for the entire ten minutes, <laughs> first ten minutes of the show. Uh, but I will see you Saturday at the game. Coyotes are in town, so we'll get uh, Phil Kessel and the boys to react to, it, and then we'll uh, see you on the radio. Yeah, and for a rare Sunday, I don't have yeah. to get up super early after a night game. So. Twice a week, and we'll keep these going right every Wednesday. Yep, in every, addition, every in Thursday we'll, we'll drop them, and every Sunday we'll have a show, and people will still say EI doesn't cover hockey. Double skate, two skates a week.